welcome you sexy goddess to the sweetest little life. I am your host, Courtney Hansen. I'm an author, yogi, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist specializing in trauma. My passion is to bring you wisdom each week with amazing guests to spark integration of all parts of yourself, to nurture your spirit, stimulate the mind, and love your body just a little bit more with each episode that drops. If you love this podcast and want more amazing resources for spiritual growth and holistic healing, make sure to download our app, The Sweetest Little Life, or head to the website, thesweetestlittlelife.com. Grab your favorite cup of tea or throw on your yoga pants and head for a walk while we hang out for the next 30 minutes of Soul to Soul Connection. Sean, welcome to the Sweetest Little Life podcast. How are you? I'm doing great, Courtney. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited for today. So I got to tell you a funny story. When we were emailing, I saw author and I didn't see Sean. And I'm like, what author is email? Like, I don't know an author. Did he misspell (laughs) Arthur? Yes. And so then I was like, what's happening? Just uh, you know, we're we're in Mercury retrograde, right? Like I'm just embracing it. Well, you're you're a highly intuitive person. My middle name is Arthur. Are I'm, you serious? I'm kid- I'm, I'm kidding. Oh, it's stop not. it. No. Okay. No. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, of course it is. <laughs> I in my name is Sean Randall. Actually, one of those is my middle name, and I will never tell which it is. People can figure that out on their own. It's Sean. Uh, that's. That's for me to know and you to think about. Ponder that. Spend, <laughs> spend, invest a lot of energy in what is my middle name. <laughs> so I love to kick off the show and I want to know who Sean Randall is. I want to know every juicy detail and to hear how you stepped into your dharma and how you got doing the work that you're doing today and what that works looks like for the collective. Yeah, well, you know, thank you so much for... Um, giving me the opportunity to talk about that a little bit. I, I love, you know, what you said there, step into my dharma. And I think probably the experience I've had is that um, I stepped out of my dharma for a very long time, but that I came to the realization that every every step that was outside of my dharma and off off the path and in the wrong direction was still a part of the journey and was still a part of what got me here. And, um, you know, so I, as um, a, a youngster, I was I was always fairly creative. I, I enjoyed writing, um, and I played piano and and did stuff like that. And um, by high school, I was writing a lot of poetry um, and short stories and stuff like that. I got um, I was fortunate a mentor of mine had a magazine. I was published when I was I think it was like fifteen, uh, fifteen or sixteen. And so you know there was always this this thing that I did called writing. And, but as I got, you know, into my early twenties and, and started to, you know, build a, a career, I ended up, uh, in, in kind of, uh, you know, hospitality and ended up in, in, you know, a corporate management role. I worked for Starbucks for a long time. And then, uh, Nordstrom as a regional manager. And, you know, I, I ended up doing those things. Um, for me, it was about being successful you know, and, and not necessarily on my terms, but on what I thought everybody else thought success looked like. And so for me, that was having a, a great career and, um, you know, acquiring stuff. And so I, I went down that journey. Um, and right about 2012, I'd, I'd been divorced in um, 09. Um, and I'd been then 
couple years after that, I was in, had been in a brief relationship that wasn't good. And so right about 2012, I really started to struggle. Um, my career started to spiral downward. I was emotionally, I wasn't doing very well. Um, and I, I had always indulged in drugs and alcohol, but I, it had never been, um, uh, I don't want to say a problem because there were certainly times it had been to excess, but it, it had never really had its grip on me and it started to get its grip on me. And the more, um, the more I struggled with life, the more I turned to it. And that's like throwing gas on a fire. Right. So, uh, my life fell apart really pretty quickly, which, you know, retrospectively was a blessing. I think a lot of times people don't get the wake up call because nothing really bad happens. It's just kind of like, you, you mm. kind of just sputter along. And I was, I was fortunate enough to have, you know, it, it took a few years, but I lost everything and hit, hit rock bottom. And that was around, you know, like 2014, 15. And by then I, I, you know, I realized I'd been making a lot of bad decisions with life. And, and I, I knew that I had had a great life and I had had success. And I was like, you know, I've done it before. I can, I can do it again. And I, I hadn't really, at that point, I hadn't figured out, well, why was it that you, you spiraled out of control and your life crashed and burned in the, in the first place? Um, so I was just focused on kind of putting my life back together and being successful. And I spent a couple of years doing that and really just spinning my wheels, um, for lack of a, a better um, metaphor. And it was in April of 2018, April 13th, I'll never forget it. I was cat sitting for some friends and... Um, I went in and they had a note for me with all the, they, they prepared a bunch of meals for me in the refrigerator and had a note with the rundown on that. And beside the note was a hundred bucks. And I, I was like, you know, I felt bad because I'm like, I, I shouldn't, this is a favor. I don't need to take the money for this. But I also felt extremely relieved because at the time I was starting a, a real estate business that wasn't, you know, bringing in enough income to pay the bill. So I was driving Uber about 40 hours a week and I was just burnt. And I was like, man, this $100 gives me the night off. And so it was like this sense of like euphoria and relief. And then immediately I was, I was just, I went to tears because I'm like, how have I gotten to a place in my life where $100 makes this big of a difference? Mm. And that, that was really, that night was the catalyst for me to kind of get on the journey that I was, that I'm on now. And, and it took me, you know, a couple of years, but at that point I, I committed to to really um, getting healthy. Um, I decided to get sober, which I was successful at that for about four months. And then I thought, well, I can go out and have a couple of glasses of wine. I can be a normal person. Um, and I, and I just couldn't, you know, I, I would I'd have a couple of glasses of wine, then I'd be outside and having a cigarette with somebody. And it was like, well, I'm not a smoker. I'm just having a cigarette. And, you know, and then the next day you buy a pack of cigarettes and, um, you, know, you know, two weeks later, you're up till five in the morning, you know, Paying off a, a bathroom sink and and you know a few hours later you you feel like hell and you don't understand why you've done this to yourself all over again so i i you know i spent a few months kind of you know putting myself through the the roller coaster of that and by december of 18 i just said enough is enough i i, I felt like hell uh, my health was falling apart i was struggling with vertigo i got ended up being diagnosed with lupus i was just a mess and so um, I said, I've got to win the battle of health first. Um, and I got sober. I've been sober ever since. So a little more than four years now. And, you know, I started to focus on, um, you know, just, just overall wellness. And, um, you know, I was in 2019, I really struggled. I dealt with a lot of respiratory illness. Um, I just retros, you know, looking back, I realized my body just needed to kind of clean itself out. And so, 
um, it was a tough year, but I realized I learned something that year. And that is that if you can accomplish hard things, it makes you um, a better person. And the other piece of that I learned is that not only do you, you get better and develop, that actually the joy and the the kind of satisfaction that we all seek in life actually comes from doing hard things. It doesn't, you know, I'd, I'd gotten, when I was really struggling, I'd gotten to this place where it was like, I just, I just want to relax. I just want not to be stressed. I just don't want anxiety. I just want everything to be okay. And, you know, to me, it was like whatever the shortest distance to not struggling was, was, was what I was interested in. And that's, that's not a path towards happiness. And so to celebrate kind of where I was at at that point in my life, I went to Lima, um, Peru in March of 2020 on vacation. And um, I, I just had a really, the first day I was there, I went to um, these ruins um, called Wakapuklana. It's this 1500 year old pyramid. And I was standing on top of it. And it's like, you know, I'm looking out over the Pacific Ocean and then I'm looking around the city and there's these glass office tower buildings and hotels, modern buildings and stuff like that. And then you can see Spanish colonial architecture. And it's like, it just hit me. It's like, I'm standing in the middle of four epochs of human history wow. and you know, I felt like, how, how silly am I to, to worry about the stuff that I worry about? Like, it's just, the world is so big and our lives are so small, but at the same time, I also had this feeling of complete empowerment that was like, wow, this is, this whole thing is crazy. And you can, you know, I'm standing on this, on top of this pyramid that, you know, our ancestors built. It's like anything is really possible. And, and so I didn't have, I didn't really have a lot of clarity, but I had a lot of emotion in that moment. And um, later that night, I met um, somebody who's now my fiance and fell in love. And so that was a, a powerful experience that kind of was like a one-two punch. And um, I left Lima a week later and I was excited because my career was going well and I'd found this relationship. And, and for me, um, I always felt like a, ro you know, a romantic relationship was the most important thing in my life. If I had if I had that right, everything else would fall into place. Mm. And, you know, retrospectively, I realized that that's not true. I, I think it's a very important part of, of life, but it's, you, you have to have your, pardon my French, you have to have your shit together before you have a successful relationship. And so, um, but anyway, it was, I felt like I had, I was worthy of a good relationship. I'd, I'd gotten my shit together. Things were working out. And I went back to Chicago on March 10th and the world as we know it stopped turning on its axis with the, the pandemic. And so I was faced with, you know, my, my business slowing down and my career uh, not producing a, a great deal of income. And this great love was in Peru where I couldn't travel to because the borders were closed. And it was really difficult. I moped around for, you know, a couple of months, probably like most people did. And I was, I was sitting on the couch one day and I was scrolling through social media because that's what you should do when you um, oh yeah when we're are, depressed yeah yeah if you're emotionally struggling you should look at, at social media for sure but it, it actually you know so I'm, i was i saw all these posts about people being bored and about people being upset that they were gaining weight and i was like it just held up a mirror to myself and i was like yeah i'm not going to be bored i'm not going to gain weight like th these are all choices we make and you know i just i stopped and i said what is the opportunity i have right now because basically everything that I wanted in my life had been yanked away from my, my hands by the universe. And, you know, hindsight, I realized that the universe was giving me what I needed before it gave me what I wanted. Um, but I just, I, I said that the thing that I have right now is time. And so I, I started to meditate. I'd always really want, I'd, I had dabbled in it, but I'd never really made it a, a habit or a ritual or invested much time in it. I, I, 
started probably like 15 minutes a day. I ended up working up to like three or four hours a day of deep meditation for several months. And it was in that time that I, I said, you know, I, I'd always done writing. Um, and, and I said, this is, but this is my calling. This is who I am. So it's, I'm not, when I write, it's not me doing a thing. It's me being who I am. And I really just had a, a clarity around that. And it was that whatever else happened in life was inconsequential to me being myself and me being committed to the talent that I'd been given and, and the passion that I'd been given. And, I, and in that time, I realized that that was the root cause of everything that had, had happened in my life, my, my addictions, uh, my struggles with relationships, everything that, that had gone wrong and, and that I, I was going through a lot of self-inflicted suffering from the root cause was that I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, being myself. And, and so that's why I love the way you asked the question is like, how did you step into your Dharma? Well, that, that was kind of when is, is when I made that commitment um, to just being who I was. And, and, you know, I, I, I knew what I, I knew who I wanted to be for the first time with a lot of certainty. And I just, I, I went after it and I said, it, it doesn't matter how everything unfolds, it'll all work out. And so that's the journey I've been on, you know, since then, um, it, which is, so this is probably a, a good place for me to take a break. I've been, uh, I'm like soaking it all in. Yeah. I've been, I've been dumping a lot of water on a sponge. There you uh, go. So I love it. I'm sober too. So I relate very deeply to your story and I, I totally get what you're saying. Um, for you, what was that moment, that catalyst moment where you had that self-actualization of like, this is it. Like, why not going to try and be something I'm not anymore? So I, w I wish I could tell you there was a singular moment. Um, it was there the mundane. Yeah, well, it was, there was a lot of, a lot of stuff that, you know, happened along the way that was pushing me and that, you know, I knew something was wrong. I knew something was off. And I, and I knew, I knew that whatever jobs, you know, most of the jobs I had in my thirties ranged somewhere between, I liked them to, I hated them. Right. And there was nothing I was doing that I was really passionate about. And I knew that that was a problem. Um, the, the thing that kind of doomed me was I was, I was always pretty good at everything I did. And I don't say that to um, pat myself on the back, but I just, I took, I've always ended up doing things that are just unnaturally inclined at. And so, mm -hmm. um, that, that piece of it probably made, made things take longer, but you know, I, I probably the one moment that was really clear. So I, you know, I talked about having done all those months of meditation and, and kind of arrived at that conclusion and, but I still didn't know you know, I, I, I didn't have, it was like, okay, I've made this decision and I feel this certainty about who I am and what I'm going to do, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like a fire had been started yet. It was kind of like, okay, great. This is what we got to work towards, but I didn't have any of the answers. I didn't really know how I was going to do it. And I had visited um, my family in Florida. I was living in Chicago at the time, and this is September of 2020. And um, I, I, you know, was optimistic that the Peruvian border was going to open up um, pretty soon. And I was driving back and it just, it hit me that, you know, instead of, instead of going to visit Peru, I was actually going to go down there. Like if, if Elliot was the one, if this relationship was meant to be, then I was going to go find out. So it might've been three weeks. It might've been three months. 
you know, it's ended up being three years. And when I, as soon as I made that decision that I was going to just take that step, take that leap of faith, then all of a sudden everything else started to open up. So it was a couple hours after that decision while I was still in the car that um, the genesis of, of Letters for Leah came to me and the characters popped into my head and I knew um, who they were and I knew their backstories. I knew what they looked like. I knew what they liked to eat. I knew, um, you know, what they would say when they, they met each other. I knew what the, how the book ended and the story ended. And, and so I had, that was a moment where I, I really felt like lightning kind of struck me where it was like this just divine creative inspiration all of a sudden just flooded me with, with, um, all this stuff. And so it was, it was at that moment where I really, I was like, you know, if I go after this, it's going to work out. Like I, I've got the talent for it. And I, I was like, there's certainly something outside of me. There's something way more powerful than I am that's guiding this. And, you know, I, I just, I, I try to let, you know, the quantum energy of the universe work through me and my writing. I, I, I would be lying if I said I don't consciously try to craft and try to write as well as I can, but I, I also consciously let go and, and just kind of let uh, inspiration come to me. And so it was th th that car ride in September was a moment where it was like, you know what, I'm just going to go after um, life and I'm not going to, I, I took the training wheels off the bike, so to speak. Um, so that was that was a moment where it was like, yeah, this is who I am and, and what I've done. And I can I can say that from that moment to where we are now, you know, there's been lots of setbacks. There's been lots of challenges, but I've never questioned, you know, who I was or what I was doing. It was always like, all right, this this is an opportunity for me to learn and develop and and move forward to becoming the person that I'm, I'm supposed to be. Yeah. So it leads me right into my next question. I know where we're going to go. So I think when we talk about creativity, I think one of the biggest things I hear, especially after COVID and everyone kind of really reevaluating what they're here for, right? Like no one wants to yeah. work a nine to five anymore. Like everyone, I think we're just shifting as a collective in general, but tapping into the creative stream of quantum energy, what does that look like and how do people access this energy? Yeah. So I, I, I think the first thing that's important to, um, talk about is that you know what is quantum energy well quantum energy happens to be everything you know we we you know we we look at a, a rock on the ground and, and we kick it with our foot and we think that our you know we've we've moved a solid object but we haven't you know that rock is entirely made up of empty space and energy and so our our minds our consciousness have evolved to see a rock and to see our foot and to have this physical experience in our bodies and it's really, really important to be in tune with that and aligned with that. You know, I, 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 we are having a conscious experience and whatever the nature of our reality is, right? We could, we could talk for hours and days and weeks about the, the nuances of it and what's true and what's not true and what's speculation and all that stuff. The but what we hole. do, yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> but we do, we do all know that we're having an experience, right? And, and, and we've, we've evolved and, and, come together, you know, I like the word you just used there a minute ago, collective, right? So we have this collective consciousness that we're all experiencing a lot of stuff the same way. Now, there's plenty of stuff that, you know, we could, you know, I, I, I see those things where it's like, is this dress polka dotted or striped? And you get like a 50, 50% poll and, you know, you're looking oh, at the yeah. picture and you're like, how could anybody see anything other than what it is? Now, my skeptical self, I just think that the whole thing is rigged, right? But, 
you know, <laughs> that bots are just generating the answers. But anyways, the, the point of that being is that everything that we um, touch, see, feel, everything is energy. It's all quantum energy. It's what we're made of. And the most important quantum energy is the creative consciousness that is generating this existence that we're having. And so how do you how do you tap into that? Well, you realize that you are it. That's the that's the starting point is that it's not something that you acquire. It's something that you have. And we spend most of our lives trying to acquire stuff. We 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 look to the external world um, to find our happiness, to find joy, to find fulfillment, to find resources. Um, but it's all something that's in, inside of us. I mean, you know, does I love to ask this question. Does food give us energy? Hell most yeah. People, yeah. Most people would say, yeah, well, but if you haven't eaten for a week um, and you fasted, your uh, your adrenaline and your sensitivity to energy is at a peak that you'll have never experienced by being well nourished with the healthiest food alive or True available that. to keep you alive. So, so the the tr the truth is that it's not it. Food can give us energy, but it's certainly available to us without food. Is the point of the, of that example? And so, under understanding that every single experience that we're having, every single thing in the material world that we're seeing that's happening around us is all energy and it's all coming from within us. It's all a conscious experience. I mean, neuroscience is pretty um, conclusive and there's a consensus that every experience we're having is a cognitive experience. You know, when we feel pain in our, our toe, cause we stub it, it's, it's happening. That pain is actually happening in our, our brain. Right. So mm. um, uh, understanding just that, you know, kind of, wacky part of the reality that we live in that everything is comes from consciousness that you know the you to me the entire universe whatever it is it's a conscious expression and so within that we're all conscious expressions and whatever is generated this conscious ex expression is a creative function it's a there's a creative process going on here and as humans we're endowed with the ability to create you know that that's um i don't think that it it's we're the only species that has that ability, but but we certainly have it. And we um, the beginning of anything that we wish to have um, an experience in our life starts with our, our minds. And so, you know, tapping into quantum energy is simply realizing that it's it's we have to turn inward. It's it's in our own thoughts. And, you know, for most of us, my you know, myself is a great example. We get a ton of we pick up a ton of bad subconscious programming for years and years and years and years and years. And then we, we were like, well, I meditated for 15 minutes. Why don't I, why isn't everything fixed? <laughs> um, I'm not better. Yeah, it's, well, this isn't working. Um, so, but to me, to, to tap into the creative um, quantum energy of the universe is just, it's simply declaring the, the truth that you are that quantum energy and that you're limitless and that whatever the nature of this universe is, you, you are it. It's not that you, we have it, but it's not just that we have it, it's that we are it. You know, Rumi, um, the Sufi poet said it best, you are not a drop in the ocean, you are the ocean in a drop. And mm. so when you understand that, then you, you start to realize that, um, you know, you, you can create anything that you want to create in this, in this life and in this universe. There's, there's a quantum field of possibility for all of us. And we just have to realize that that and, and then start to go about life that way. That's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite quotes that you just said. 
And I got to tell you, it took me a really long time, longer than I'm going to admit, to under, like, truly grasp the meat of what that meant. Yeah, I, you know, it's, well, especially, especially now, right, it's, there's so much information, and, and we, we're easily tricked into thinking we know a lot of stuff, and knowledge is, the knowledge is, okay, I can understand a fact, and then there's the experiential not only do I know this fact, I understand how to use it. I understand the impact of it and all that. You know, we've become, um, we've all become statisticians trying to wade across a river with an average depth of four feet. And, you know, we end up, we end up drowning. And, you know, that, that quote by Rumi, it's, it's just something you, it's, it's something you have to feel and you have to start to experience it. And you have to realize that, yeah, I don't have to, you know, it's like you said, right? As a collective, there's a shift. Like, oh, I don't have to sit in a box from nine to five for, mm. you know, a hundred thousand dollars a year. I could actually not do any of that and not make any of that money and have a, a have a superior life than I I thought. And, you know, it's like all the stuff you think you can get from the hundred thousand dollars or the million million dollars. Once you realize that you have all the the feelings that you're trying to get through that material, you already have access to. Well, then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I'm the ocean. You know, there's nothing I can't um, do with my life. And, and that, that freedom, that starting liberation. To, starting to operate from the heart. Yes. Oh, I'll never forget. I was in line. I think I was in my early thirties. I don't know. I, I was, I was young and I'm in line at the grocery store and this guy in front of me is talking and he's like, yeah, I used to be a millionaire. And he's like, I'm way happier now. And I live on a ranch and I make barely any money. And I'm like, this guy's nuts. Like, what yeah. is he talking about? Why would he let all his money go? Well, later on, come to find out, he was like this in the corporate world, had all of this pressure, small town, right? You hear all about things. And, um, he was miserable, like absolutely miserable, yeah. like was depressed, was on all these medications and his health was declining, was drinking, doing all the things, but had millions of dollars in the bank, quit all that. Yeah. And now is happier than clam living on, you know, a piece of property and just doing his thing. That's right. Yeah. I, you know, we get, we live in a world that's, that's operating day and night to convince us to be like everybody else. And mm. the secret to, to, being joyful and being fulfilled is to actually just be yourself. It's the hardest thing to do. And it's, it's the simplest truth is just be yourself. And it's, it's interesting. I it's, it's a cliche, right? It's, I'm not, I'm not saying anything that anybody hasn't heard a bazillion times already. And so we keep, we keep hearing it. And that's, this is really the, the motivation in my writing is to how do I get, how do I say that message in a way through my stories that people understand that it that it's really true as opposed to something that looks good on a coffee mug or a t-shirt uh but yeah i mean ha happiness and joy and fulfillment those things are found when you express yourself as being yourself not when you you know you know get get molded into this life that you think will make other people happier that will give you you know it's very we live in a very you know materialistic society and so it's a common experience for all of us particularly as we young we think you know, if I have access to resources, then I can do lots of cool stuff. And there's been a big shift in the last 20 years, which I, I don't think is is negative per se. But, you know, 
like people in their twenties, I don't, I don't see them trying to collect a lot of stuff, not as much as people my age. And yeah. I th that's great. But what their, but their thing is like, well, I'm going to go have, you know, these amazing experiences and vacations and all that stuff. And I'm all for that because I think it's transformative and incredible, but it's, it's still not quite the right thing. And that is that, you know, anything we're looking for outside of ourselves, it always requires more and more and more. So if you think that this, you'll have this transcendent sojourn to a mountain in a foreign country, you will, and then you'll have to do it again. And you'll have to find someplace more remote and more exotic. And you'll have to just keep going and going and going. It never ends. When you turn mm -hmm. inward and you say, well, who is it that I am? And what is, what is this conscious ex expression of the universe that is me trying to do and who does it want to become? Who does the universe want me to become? Who did it make me to be? And what are the things that I enjoy doing and being then this, you know, it doesn't mean you don't go on these cool, you know, vacations and sojourns and treks and all that stuff. It's just that when you're doing it, it's you are who you are doing a thing as opposed to you're doing this thing to try to get and acquire some sort of feeling of empowerment or, or whatever it is that, um, one might be chasing. And when you realize that the, the feelings that you're, you know, after that we're all after, right. It's a, it's a human experience. It's not an individual experience. The desires of our heart are right there inside of us. They're, you know, um, available to us. We just have to turn inward and, and turn the key and that treasure chest will open up. so much for listening to The Sweetest Little Life today. I hope you walk away feeling inspired, feeling a little bit more lighter, a little bit more free than what you were before you hit that play button. As always, please, sharing is caring. We love to hear your thoughts. We love to get feedback, um, guest recommendations, all the things. And if you're not subscribed, hit that little subscribe button before you leave today. And until next time, we will be hanging out soon.